That is incredible. <clears throat> Gosh, that looks like so much fun. That is an incredible thing. I mean, I just want to say a big shout out to our kids team, also our kids volunteers and our student team and student volunteers. Let's give them one more round of applause. That, that was so much fun. I, I love it. And uh, I do want to say a special welcome. My name is Alan. Say a special welcome to our Walton campus, our Oconee campus, and also everyone watching online. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, but if you guys uh, don't know me, I actually was a student pastor here, actually here at all the campuses. And so I love the, the camp. I love that we get a chance just to see part of what um, went on at camp. And, and, and in watching that video, I just kind of have some nostalgia. I actually worked camp before I even came uh, here to Greystone, and, and it's where I met my wife. So there's all these kind of camp memories I have. But one of the like main memories, even when I'm watching this, I just kind of think about all this stuff and this just idea and thought comes on me is just the, the, the smell of camp. You know what I'm talking about? If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you got, it's just the middle of the summer. Everybody's hot and sweaty outside. Then they get into a room like this that you're in right now and everyone's singing and hugging on each other. And you're just like, whoo, man, it's camp, you know? I love it. And one of my favorite stories of camp when I actually got here to Greystone, it was my first summer. We took the kids down to PCB. We're hanging out. We got there on a Monday, and it's Thursday night. We're fixing to have worship. And I'm sitting in front of these two, like, sixth or seventh grade kids talking behind me. And I'm sitting there, and I hear them say, man, this has been incredible. I've loved this week. You know, I'm thinking, man, I must be good at my job. You know, I mean, like, golly, you know. And they're just like, I, I love it. And I hear one say, man, it's been so much fun. I haven't even had to take a shower yet. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. And I turn around and I look who it is. I was like, I know your parents. Go take your shower right now. Oh my gosh. And that, that, that um, idea and that, that story actually gets brought up multiple times throughout the year, especially every time we send our kids to camp, somebody's like, hey, didn't I hear a, a story of a kid not taking a shower? Yep, that one's still there. But I love camp and also love community. And that's what I'm gonna be talking to you guys about today. And if I haven't met you again, my name is Alan, and I, I love the opportunity to come up here and talk to you guys a little bit about building community, growing together, getting in a group. Um, and I do wanna introduce my family. If you guys don't know who I am, this is my family, my wife, my beautiful wife, Allison, and my three kids, Nora, Drake, and crew. I love them so much, but they keep us up at night and wear us out during the day. So um, they are a lot of fun, but they are, they are a handful. So, um, but uh, again, today I'm diving into community. I love the opportunity to hang out with you guys. This summer, we're looking at stories of faith. We're going through the book of Hebrews and then also um, James as well. And one of my favorite chapters in the book of Hebrews is chapter 11. And, and Pastor Jonathan has talked about this. This is the hall of faith or the heroes of the faith. And, and what we do is we get to see all these cool faith stories and how God is moving through these people and how all these cool things have happened because of them. And one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible happens right here in verse 38. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 38. It says, talking about all these people that had this great faith, it said, the world was not worthy of them. That's incredible. I don't know, when I, when I read that verse, I'm just like, oh my goodness. The world was not worthy of them. And have, is there anyone in your life when you hear the world was not worthy of them? Anybody think of somebody in your own life? If you do, I bet it's someone that you have a really good relationship with, right? Maybe it's a coach or a teacher or a parent or a friend or maybe a pastor or, or someone that you spend some time with, right? Maybe someone that has invested in you. 
Maybe someone that has sacrificed for you, that have been there for you, that has maybe even served you really well. Because how do you spell love? T-I-M-E, right? And this is super hard for me. This is super tough for me because I like to get things done and you know, I like to go fast. But I think about people in my own life that have spent time with me, that have served me, that have been there for me. And when I think about this, I think about a story in, in the book of Mark. So if you guys have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Mark, chapter two. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. And, and when I knew I was teaching on the book of Mark, I saw this meme uh, a couple days ago. I wanted to share, y'all, share this with you guys, so check out this meme. So if you guys know, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the four Gospels. And Matthew, Luke, and John all kind of start telling a little bit of a story before they dive into the book. But then you have the book of Mark, and it just hits you right in the face, says, all right, let's get down to business, let's go, right? Yeah, okay, I heard a couple people chuckle. If you didn't get that, that means you need to read your Bible a little bit more. So, no big deal, whatever. But uh, Mark chapter two, here we go. A few days later, when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the man on the mat he was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. This is a pretty crazy story, right? I mean, this guy has some, some crazy friends right here that, have, that are doing some crazy things. I don't know how the guy that actually owned the house, I'm not sure how he feels about someone actually ripping you know, his roof open to, to get a guy in there. But think about these guys. They get to this house. They know if they can just get their friend to Jesus, he can help them, right? If I can just get my friend to Jesus, he's gonna be the one and he's gonna help them. But they get to this house and it's packed. You ever, you ever have a great idea, right? You're gonna get somewhere early or you're gonna go a route that you, you think no one else is gonna use. I'm not a big fan of, of, of traffic, nor am I a big fan of like crowds and that kind of stuff. So I usually strategically plan to get somewhere early and, and use a route no one else is using. And then you ever get somewhere and it looks like this? You're like, oh, wow, everyone else had the same idea as I did. Okay, all right. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not, I'm not very good at this kind of stuff. My wife says that my love language is efficiency, you know? I see a couple wives nudging their husbands. Yeah, I feel you. I like things done well, but quickly. And if it looks like there's another way, then I'm gonna go the other way and not look back, right? But thank goodness I wasn't in this story because these guys hit a roadblock. It was packed. And it's not like you can just get up to the front like sliding like this, right? You're carrying your buddy on a stretcher. You can't just like slide up to like the front of a concert. You got, you got your buddy. We're trying to figure out what's going on. What's gonna happen? How can we get our friend to Jesus? And I really wish I would have been a part of this next little meeting right here where they said, hey, let's go to the roof. I mean, if, if I would have been one of those four guys, I'd have been like, hey, whoa, whoa, bro, okay? You know, at, I bet at some point he's gonna be done teaching and we can just wait, you know? We'll just wait on him to be there. But I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this meeting was like. I don't know if, they, if this guy got outvoted or what happened, but they just said, all right, it's packed. We're going on the roof, right? So these guys were relentless. They knew that Jesus could change this, their friend's life. They were willing to inconvenience themselves and even put themselves in danger to help their friend. They were willing to go to some great lengths to help their friend see Jesus. And then Jesus says something pretty unique when they actually drop their friend down. He says, 
seeing their faith, or your translation might say seeing their friend's faith or, or something like that. But seeing their faith, Jesus spoke to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And then if we continue the story, a, a lot of people get mad at Jesus for saying that. They're like, who does he think he is? He can't say this kind of stuff. And Jesus realizes this, and you know, he talks to them about that. And then he even tells the guy, he says, all right, now you can get up, you can go home. And they praise God because of this. And I, I always like to stop when, when I hear things like this, when I hear Jesus say kind of stuff like that, I'm always like, well, what, what is he saying right there? Because he kind of said some unique things. Like, why would he say that and not just get up and go? And so I studied this, and, and, I, and I like what scholars say, and I, like, I think this is what, again, Jesus is pointing out. Is when you see the paralyzed man, you, you know, you, from our perspective, you see his physical ailment. He can't walk. He needs some help, right? And Jesus knows, everyone in that room knows what's going on with this man, but he still says, son, your sins are forgiven. And what Jesus is doing right here, he's pointing out that, yes, we can see a physical problem. We can see a physical ailment. But he says, bigger than that, more important than that, is your, your sin. He says, listen, everyone in this room has a sin problem, and you need to be forgiven. And, and when Jesus would do kind of things like this, he was bringing the kingdom down to this earth, and so we get to see him doing this. He's pointing out, he says, yes, listen, I know that you want to be healed of your physical ailment, but more importantly than that, you need to be healed of your sin and you need to be forgiven. So I love that point. Again, that's not what we're, we're, we're focusing on today. That's just something, again, when we, we run up to those, I, I like to point out those things that we see going on. But then we see these guys again getting upset and Jesus said, all right, now you can get up, you can go home. And we see in verse 12, he went home. And people praised God because of that miracle. That's an incredible, incredible thing we get to see. But in our, in our few minutes we have left, I, I actually wanna talk about the, the, the beginning. I wanna talk about the friends. I wanna talk about these guys that did some crazy things for their friend. And I ask you a question, do you have friends like this that they would do anything for you? They're not even named. We don't know who they are. Their names were never recorded. We don't know what... They were doing, we don't know anything about them, but we know what they did for their friend. If you're taking notes, number one today is do you have 911 friends? Do you have 911 friends? Pastor Jonathan talks about this. He, he, he says, do you have foxhole friends? I like that as well. Do you have friends that will be there for you when you need them? Hey man, I'm on the way to the hospital. Hey man, I know it's 2 a.m., but, but can you help me? Hey, is there, any way, is there any way you can watch my kids just for a little while? You know that's a 911 friend, right? When a bad time hits, you wanna be able to call someone or have someone check in on you. Just a couple weeks ago, my wife lost two grandparents on either side of her family. And it was incredible as the news kind of got out to our friends slowly. We had, we had a lot of people calling us and texting us. If there's any way that we can help, can we bring you a meal? Can we watch your kids? Can we help you with this? Can we do that? And almost everyone that, that checked in on us and followed up with us had been part of our, either a small group or some type of group we've been in here at Greystone. And we were so thankful for that. And it's a cool thing I get, to, I get to hear and get to be a part of as, as, as my role here at Greystone as small groups and discipleship. I get to hear these stories all the time. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking to a friend. I heard this story. He said that one of his friends was on vacation all week. And when they came back home, they found their house was flooded. 
a pipe had busted and their whole house was flooded. And so they text their small group. They're like, hey, what should we be doing now? You know, what do I need to do? What's our next step? And without hesitation, the entire small group came over to their house and helped them clean up and helped them get ready for the next step of the process. Inconvenience themselves for their friends. I think it's incredible. And like I said, I get to hear cool stories like this all the time each week when I, when I grab lunch with people. And I actually wanted to, to let you guys hear a story that I, was, that I learned about recently. And this guy's name is Mike. And he had a cool story of when his small group stepped in on a tough time in his life. So check out this story. I've been in a small group. I've been in a number of different small groups over the years. Um, I've been in the small group that I'm in now for probably a year or more. But it wasn't until my marriage was ending that I really knew what small groups, groups were all about. Around October of last year, things were falling apart in my life. And um, my, my guys stepped up immensely. It was, it's just amazing how God put people around me to pull me closer in because at that point I felt like I could run away from God or I could run towards God. And so many of the guys in my small group made sure I ran towards God. It's just unbelievable. And when you talk about foxhole friends or 911 friends, um, I couldn't ask for a better group of guys um, than the guys that I meet with on Tuesday nights. I used to come to small group thinking, oh yeah, it's just small group. And now I can't wait for small group Tuesdays to roll around to you know, spend time with my buddies and share about what's going on in our lives. It's, uh, it's been just truly amazing to me how God's orchestrated all of this. I tell people that for whatever reason, I needed to be divorced to be closer to God. Without these guys in my life, it's hard to say where I would have wound up, right? I, I could have easily just went the did 180 degrees and went the opposite direction and ran away from God and, and could have been mad at the whole situation. Instead, I found a certain peace within this group of guys. Instead of being mad and running away, I turned and ran towards God. And I, I it's all because of these, the guys in this group. And, and frankly, it was because I was in the group before it happened, not after it happened. If you wait till you're in this pit, you're, you've waited too long to find that group of guys. You need, to, you need to have that small group so when you do have that trouble, those people are there for you. The words of encouragement that I could give to somebody that would be going through a similar situation is lean in to your small group people, right? They're, they're here to do life with you. And it's not that they, they need you just like you need them, right? The guys in my group are learning through this experience just as I've learned through this whole experience. So I would just say, don't be afraid to, especially guys, don't be afraid to let your heart show. And, and don't be, you know, don't think that you're so tough you can do it on your own. That's awesome. I appreciate that, Mike. Yeah. <clears throat> 
That's incredible. And, I, and he has so many good things in there. And, and I love what he was saying that like in these tough times, you can either run from or run to God. And I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's vastly important when you can have someone in your life helping you through that. Because sometimes when you get in that, that funk or you get in that tough time, something's going on, it's hard to kind of see the future or see what's going on. But if you can have some friends that are gonna be there for you and help you with that, especially some friends like, like Mike was talking about, I think that's vital. And I think that's so important. And we're gonna get more to that in just a second. But one of the things I, I, I like to talk about, and I actually shared this, and like Mike said, the only way to do this is actually get into community. I think the pandemic that was actually happening before this, the COVID-19 pandemic hit was the pandemic of, of loneliness and isolation. This is something I shared with our small group leaders uh, a little while ago. I said that, that this is something that, that everyone is fighting against. England, just this past year, actually created a position to fight loneliness and isolation. They had done some research, and they realized that, that one of the worst things that can happen to people is being isolated, because when you're isolated mentally and physically, your body just doesn't do well. So they had created this position in their government to try and, again, fight against that. And we realized that being alone is one of the worst things that we can do. And you might be in this room today, you might be at a campus, you might be online, you might, you might say, oh, Alan, that doesn't really pertain to me. Well, I know all of us probably do this, right? We, we drive in our neighborhood, we might wave to people, you know, hey, doing yard work, hey, what's up? Hanging out with your kids. But then what do we do? We hit that button, right? Drive in our garage, hit the button on the way up the stairs, stay in the house rest of the day. Are we really in community? Are there people that really know you that can really speak into your Life. We need people that are gonna be there for us. We need friends that are gonna do some crazy stuff for us. We need people that are gonna be there to help us out. And again, in order to have these friends, we need to be into community. So number two, do you have friends that will bring you to Jesus? Do you have friends that will bring you to Jesus? Yes, we need friends that are there for us, 911 friends, but do you have friends that'll bring you back to Jesus. You, you, and you say, yeah, I, man, I, I know you've been busy. I know you've been at the lake, man. I know you've been at the beach. I know your kid's been playing ball. I know you've been busy with work. I know whatever that excuse might be, but I, man, I need you to come back to church. I need you to come back to our group, to discipleship, to small group, to whatever that might be. There's a saying that I used to say in student ministry all the time. It says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, I'll show you your futures. Based off of the proverb, Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. And I used to tell students this all the time. I was like, listen, show me your friends and I'll show you what your future is gonna look like. And now as an adult, I think it's true as well. I think we have to be careful of the people that we hang out with. I heard something recently that says that you're a combination of the five people that you're around the most so you need to be wise with who you're doing life with. If you were here with us last week, David Pollack actually talked about this in his own life. He said that he watches out for the people that he spends his life with, that he and his family hang out with. He's strategic because he wants people that are actually pouring into his life and helping him grow spiritually. So we need to find friends that are gonna help us grow spiritually. Like Mike mentioned, that are gonna bring us back to Jesus. Even when something's going on in our life, even when chaos hits, we need friends that are gonna bring us back to Christ. And now every time I talk about this, I always hit the other side as well. And now I, we really want people 
out doing ministry as well, out having friends that maybe don't go to church or, or things like that and, and doing ministry. We really want that to happen. We're called that. We're called to do that in the Bible. But you need to have that friend group that you can come back to and that you can grow with and you can rest with and that will help you in those times and get refreshed. And number three, are you a friend who will bring someone to Jesus? Because Jesus looked at his friends and said, your sins are forgiven. Yes, we need to find friends, but we also need to be one. In order to be a friend like this, we must be growing spiritually. We must be diving into the word each day. And if we aren't growing spiritually ourselves, then we're not gonna be ready to help others. And just like we need to be in community with other people, we ultimately need to be in community with God. So one of the things I, I, I find out a lot of times is I think our spiritual growth is like a muscle and, and Pastor Jonathan talks about this all the time. And if we're only working out our, our muscle on a Sunday morning, if we come to church or we watch a message or, or those kind of things, we're not gonna be growing very strong, right? It's something that we have to do each and every day. Diving into the word, praying, having worship, maybe listening to the songs in your car, listening to, to worship songs. Jumping on our Right Now Media app where you can, again, grow spiritually that way. We also have a version Right Now, our version uh, reading plan that actually comes out tomorrow. Everybody remember that? You can check that out. It even has an option where you can do it with other people that you can, you can type on there and you can see what the other person got from this and you can say, hey, this is what I got growing spiritually together every day. So how are you growing spiritually? How are you growing in your relationship with Christ? So as we wrap this up, our application today is, are you in community? Are you in community with people around you? You might say, well, how do I do that exactly? Maybe I'm new. Maybe I haven't been here a while, or maybe I've been here a while and I just haven't heard. How do we do that? Here's some easy on-ramps for you guys. We got some easy ones. Number one, you can get in a small group. We used to do those in the fall and the spring. You can get into a discipleship group. Again, a way to go grow deeper each and every day. We have an incredible program called Celebrate Recovery that you can help out if, if maybe you need some help with anxiety or maybe a, abuse or substance abuse or whatever that might be. That's an incredible, incredible family for you to jump in and grow spiritually with. We even have hangouts going on right now where you can jump in and build community with other people, get to know people, find some 911 friends. And Mike even said it kind of this way, but he said, yeah, but it's gonna be a little messy. I've been doing this for a while now. It gets a little messy. It might be a little awkward, but I promise this is what we were made for and we need each other. We we're made for community first with God and then also with others. We see this in Genesis, right? God created Adam, then he created Eve to be with him. He wants our community with him first and then also with others. It's not easy to let anyone in, but we were made for this. I heard this recently, and this is for me, okay? Again, I've been talking about, one of my, one of my things I struggle with is, is efficiency. Like I said, we've talked about that. But I love this, this quote. It says, if you wanna go fast, you go alone. But if you wanna go far, you go together. If you wanna go fast, you go alone, right? We've all been there. We wanna, we wanna get this thing done. We wanna go fast. We wanna get it, get it done, right? But if you wanna go far in life, you go together. So my challenge for us today is get into community, get connected. We weren't made to live this life alone. So getting a hangout this summer or even a, a group this fall, 
Don't wait till you're ready. I love what Mike was pointing out, great example. He said, you're never gonna be ready for this. There's always gonna be another excuse. But I, I'm busy, but my kid has this, but we have that, but, but there's all these excuses and problems we all have, right? We're never gonna be ready. But I love the, the challenge again. If you wanna go far, we must do that together. So that's my challenge for us today as we head out of here. Make sure you get into community, get connected, find some friends and grow spiritually together. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much again for the opportunity we get to just come and worship you today. Lord, I do pray for, for all of us in here. Lord, I do pray for all the many things that we have going on and Lord, all the, all the people in this room, Lord, that we would get connected ultimately with you, Father, then also with one another. Lord, I pray that we would get connected in, in your word each and every day, praying to you. And then, Father, we would take that step, whatever that step is. Maybe it's just a small step for some of us just to sign up for a group, or maybe it's a big step for some of us just to even go on the website to look at groups. Lord, I pray that we would do that. I pray, like Mike said, God, that we would get connected and, and that we wouldn't hold back. Lord, I know myself, I... I, I I get a little nervous about that stuff, but I pray that we would all jump in and dive in. But Father, we're so thankful that you have given us even the opportunity to have that relationship with us through your son, Jesus. And I just pray, Father, that again, that as we head out of here, Lord, that we wouldn't wait. Father, we'd jump into a hangout. We'd plan on getting a group in the fall. Or maybe there's just people in our neighborhood or friends or anything like that that we know we need to meet together and grow spiritually. I pray that we would do that as well. So Father, thank you so much for today and the opportunity that we get to, to worship you, grow together, and just even spend time with one another. In your name we all pray.